Today, we turn our attention to Perak Zion, the seventh chapter of the book of Esther. There's a lot that's been going on, more perhaps than we know, uh, certainly more than we can easily keep track of. Uh, Haman now is in deep water. Even his uh, confidants, his Ohavov turned Chachamov, and his wife Zeresh Ishto tell him that he is doomed if it is Mordechai who is his adversary. In the background, of course, is the nervous, suspicious, mystified Achashverosh, and of course, there is Esther who has prepared this feast. And at the very beginning of this Perek Zion, Vayovo HaMelech V'homon Lishtos Im Esther HaMalko. The king and Homon come to drink with Esther the queen. There are those who point out that this is no longer a mishte, a feast, but rather it is an occasion, merely an occasion lishtos. It is a, uh, a drinking um, a meeting. The Al-Sheikh HaKadosh says that after all, uh, this mishte now takes place after the three days of fasting, after the 14th, 15th, 16th of Nisan. It is now already the 17th of Nisan, and therefore Esther too can drink. She's no longer fasting, and that is why the Posuk says that Haman and the king came to drink im Esther Hamalka. She was drinking too, no longer fasting. Vayomer HaMelech li Esther. It is important, by the way, to pay attention to the many times in which Esther is called just Esther versus the times when she is called Esther Hamalka, Esther the Queen. Here the king says to Esther, Gam bayom hasheni hayayin. On this second day of the wine feast, Masha'eloseich Esther Hamalko. What is your request, Queen Esther? Vesinosenloch, and it will be granted to you. Umabakoshoseich, what favor do you require? Adchatsia Malchus Viseos. Ask up until half of the kingdom, and it is yours. Notice that in the first Mishteh, in the first um, um, uh, feast, the king does not call Achashverosh by the name of, uh, sorry, he does not call Esther by the name of Hamalka. Notice back in uh, Perek, um, let's see now, Perek Hey, Perek Hey, Posuk Vov, Vayomer HaMelech li Esther not to Esther HaMalko, as in this posok, today's posok, Zion, Beis, Mashe Losech V'yinos Anloch, etc. There he just says to Esther. Here he says to Esther, Mashe Losech Esther HaMalko, Queen 
Esther. Perhaps because now he is more self-confident, he is willing to share the malucha with her. He knows that he's kind of got Mordechai. He, I'm sorry, he has, he has got Haman. He has rewarded Mordechai. And she's back in, in good favor, so to speak. She's called Esther Hamalka. And she answers with royalty. She answers as a queen. She answers in confidence, in bitachon. If indeed I find favor in your eyes, O king, if it is agreeable to the king, give me my life, give me my people. A surprise, perhaps, for Achashverosh. He's expecting her to ask for power and for riches, and she is asking the words of the commentary which is attributed to the Rambam on Megillas Esther, I'm not asking for power, I'm not asking for wealth, my request is only my life and my people. My life and my people. Achashverosh, of course, has long been curious as to who Esther is and what people she comes from. But he certainly didn't imagine that the answer would come in this surprising manner. And she goes on to say, I and my people have been sold away to be killed, to be exterminated, to be destroyed. If indeed we were only, quote, merely say, sold into slavery as slaves and, and, and female slaves, I would be silent. But for us to be sold into extermination, for us to be killed, it's not worth it to the king for that to happen. What does the king get from the genocide that awaits my people. It's not worth your while. In the words of Rashi, if this homon was really interested, Mr. Achashverosh, in your interests, then Homon would have advised you, Mr. King, to sell us into slavery and to take the profit. Oh, let them live and let them be your slaves, Mr. Achashverosh. But that was not Haman's advice to you. But rather, he talked you into it. He persuaded you. So that's why I ask for my life and for my people. The king, either pretending or sincerely puzzled, says, And the king said, and he said to Esther HaMalka, Why twice? Vayomer, Vayomer. The Gemara Meseches Megillah Dav Tesayin says, Vayomer, Vayomer, Lomoli. Why here in Posuke do we have the Melech saying, 
and the, the, and saying again, Vayomer HaMelech HaChashverosh, Vayomer Liester HaMalko, Omer Rabbi Yavo, Bitchilo Al Yidei Turgamon. First, the king spoke to Esther through the interpreter. The king had a royal interpreter. The Monos Halevi explains, the king didn't speak to people in an ordinary fashion, person to person, but rather he had an interpreter perhaps to place a certain distance between himself and the uh, interlocutor, the person he was talking to. And also perhaps simply because you never know, the king might misspeak, and this way the interpreter could somehow correct what he had to say. So he began by speaking in this formal manner through the melitz, through the meturgamon. Kevon de omrole, but once she said to him, you know who I am, I am Esther Hamalko. In the words of the Gemara, Bas Melochim Ano, Midaveis Shaul Ko Asina. I am royalty, not just because I'm your queen, but because I am a princess, a descendant of the house of Shaul Hamelech. Then he treats her differently. Vayomerli Esther Hamalko. In the words of Rav Bachroch, Gam im Esther Hisnahalo Hasicha Adko Bitsura Formalit. Until this time, he's talking to Esther in a very formal way. Now that he knows that she is descended from royalty, the mechitzos, the barriers, are gone. She can speak to him in the uh, second person. And he calls her Queen Esther. I am a princess. I come from the house of Shaul. And the king says to her, Who indeed is this person who has dared to do this, to plan to exterminate an entire people? I want to reflect with you for a moment on Posuk Dalit. Kinim Karnu Ani Viami. Esther speaks and she identifies herself with her people. Aniva Ami, it is me and my people. In the words of the Sifri, in Parshish Zosabroch, on the Posuk Af Chovev Amim, Kol Kedoshov Biyodecho. He even um, is endeared to his people. All of his holy ones is in your hand. The Sifri comments, Af chovev amim, melamed shechibev hamokom es Yisroel mashalochibev kol umovaloshon. God cherishes the Jewish people in a way that he cherishes no other people. Kol kedoshov biyodecho. What does this mean? Says the Sifri. Elu parnose Yisrael shaum dimal Yisrael v'nosnim alehem nafsho. These are the Jewish leaders who stand for the Jewish people and who sacrifice themselves for them. These are the Jewish leaders who identify themselves completely with the Jewish people and their fate and seek. No special privileges separate from the rest of their people. Ani va'ami. 
It is me and my people. So Esther answers. And Esther said, The man is an enemy, a foe. Stop. Start again. Homon This evil homon. Stop and start. Ishtsarvo yev, an enemy, a foe. Stop, start, again, homon horohazeh. It is this homon. So the Mora Megillah says that when she started to say Ishtsarvo yev, she was facing homon. I'm sorry, she was facing Achashverosh. She was facing, facing Achashverosh. And she was saying to him, you are the Tsarvo yev. You are the person who is empowering this homon. It is your fault that my people are facing such a terrible lahashmid laharogula abed fate. In the words of the Gomorrah, Omar Abelozo Melame Chohoiso Michave Klape Achashverosh, that she was pointing to Achashverosh when she said, Ishtsarvoyev. But a Malach came, an angel came, Ubo Malach, Visosar Yodok Klape Homon, and pushed her accusing finger away from pointing to Achashverosh toward Homon. The author of the Sefer Manos HaLevi, Rabbi Shlomo Al-Kavitz, the author of the song, the poem, Lechododi, explains, Ba'ani Omer, Esther Roasa Atzmo Gedolo V'Nafsha Yodas Ma'od Evas Achashverosh Layudim. Esther knew, knew full well Achashverosh's hatred for the Jewish people. She didn't believe that Achashverosh would ever do good for the Jewish people. Therefore, she was ready to let herself be killed, even if it meant being killed, to confront Achashverosh that he was the Ishtar of As Rashi said earlier, we quoted this in the name of the Gomorrah, which Rashi quotes, Kedivir Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcho, his biralo ponim kedeshe ye horeg hu vehi. She was willing, Esther, to be killed along with Haman. So she daringly faced Achashverosh and said, Ish sarva oye. But then the Malach wanted to spare Esther and said, Esther, you're going a little too far. Don't point at Achashverosh. And he, the Malach, pushed her hand toward Haman and she concluded, Homon was stunned, was shocked because of the king and the queen. A beautiful, beautiful quote now from the Maharal Miprag, from his Sefer Or Chodosh, a commentary on the Gilas Esther. Incidentally, very soon, a little more than a month from the time that we are studying these prokim in the Gilas Esther. We're doing so during the early days of the month of Av. On the 18th day of the month of Elul is the Yorzeit of the Maharal Miprag, and it is the 400th Yorzeit. The Maharal died in the year 1609. We are recording these shiurim in the summer of 2009. Maharal writes... If Esther would just have said, not the full truth, 
not the whole truth, just a piece of the truth. And not said to Achashverosh, it's your fault, buddy. But just said, it's Haman. If she had done that, says the Maharal, Hoiso Esther doveres shikorim. Esther would be lying. Could Haman accomplish this genocide on his own? Without Achashverosh's support and authority? It is Achashverosh who sold the Jews to Haman and allowed him to try to perpetrate his foul plan. Then the Maral says, had she lied, even in the interests of peace, of strategy, of wisdom, and not told Achashverosh, Ish Sarvayoyev, you are the enemy, but only said, you're okay, Achashverosh, it's only Haman who's the enemy, then it would have been falsehood. Listen to these words of the Maral, five words, Umidivre sheker lo sovo ha the Geula cannot come through Sheker. The Geula cannot come through lies, through falsity. Such a powerful lesson for us to learn in these days that we pray for the Geula. Even a lie of this type where Esther would have told Achashverosh, you're a nice guy, Haman is the fiend, that would have been a lie. And the Posuk says in Tehillim, Kapitel Kuf Aleph, Maral still, my eyes are toward those people who are ne'emonim, who are people of honesty and integrity. They will dwell with me, says the Rebona Shalom. It is the person who is totally innocent of all guile, of all falsity, of all scheming, of all plotting, of all cheating, of all dishonesty, that person will serve me, says God. Lo yeshev bekerev beisi a person who is deceitful will not sit in my house. Dover shikorim lo yikon lenegedenoi, a person who speaks falsely will not stand before my eyes, says God. So Esther knew the Geula was here. She had a role to play in the Geula. She had to be totally truthful, and she faced and pointed to Achashverosh and called him an Ishtsarva Oyev. But, says the Maharal, so that Esther should not be in danger of Achashverosh's wrath. You're calling me a Tsarva Oyev. The Malach came and pushed her hand toward Homon. And Homon, of course, was nivas, was so very frightened. The king stood up in his wrath from this wine feast and went out into the garden of the palace. Homon remained indoors, pleading for his life from Queen Esther. Because he knew that as far as the king was concerned, there would be no mercy. He was a dead man. Then the king cooled off, literally, from his anger, from his little brief 
recessed in the garden and came back to the dining hall, to the feast hall, El Beis Mishtehayayin. And what does he find there? For Hamon no fail al hamito asher Esther lehohamon has fallen upon the couch, upon the bed where Esther was sitting. What a scene! Vayomer hamelech, and the king said, "What's going on here, Hamon? Hagam lichboshes hamalko imi babois. Are you trying to seduce my queen right here in my own home, in my own castle?" As soon as the king said that, and Haman knew that he was being accused by the king himself of trying to win the favor, of trying to force the favor of Esther the queen. Those words came out of Ahasuerus' mouth. And Haman was totally, totally ashamed, astounded, done for. And here suddenly in Pasuk Tess, there appears someone almost totally new, almost totally new on the scene. Out of nowhere, Vayomer Charvona, along comes Charvona, suddenly, inexplicably, Haman, uh, Charvona pops up. Charvona, who is Echod Min Hasorisim, Lifnei HaMelech, and he says to the king, Gam hinei hoeis hasher osomon. Behold, there's a gallows which Haman prepared of fifty ama high gallows. He prepared it for Mordechai, and who is Mordechai? Asher dibertov alhamelech. Mordechai is the one who is on the king's side, and this. Gallows is not far away. It's just across the road in Haman's house, Omeid Beves Haman. And it is an appropriate tool. Gavoha Chamishim Amo. It is 50 Amos high. And Charvona does not say to the king, hang Haman on this tree. Charvona safe, plays it safe. He just says, there's a tree, there's a callos, there's a tall pole in Haman's backyard. It's a pole which Haman made for Mordechai. So the king jumps in, always impulsive, always impetuous, never thinking twice. Vayomer hamelech toluhu olov. The king said, hang him, hang him on this. Charvona pops up out of nowhere, really out of nowhere. And this too, like everything else in this story, has its ordinary way of explaining it. It just happened to be that Charvona was there. But it also has a deeper, spiritual, miraculous, divine intervention aspect. On the one hand, of course, we will understand Charvona is a Rosho. Charvona is part of the plot. But now he sees an opening. He sees a way to save himself, to, to jump ship, as it were, from Haman and to save his skin. And that's how the Gemara Meseches Megillah sees it. Omer Abalozor Af Charvona Rosho. Charvona was also an evil man. Ubioso Eitzahoya. He was in the same scheme as Haman was. He also wanted to kill the Jews and he also designed this tree, helped design this tree to hang, um, to hang Mordechai. But Kevon once he saw that things weren't going well for his old ally Homon, Miyad Borach, he jumped ship and he um, turned 
on um, on Haman and advised the king that hey, here's a gallows ready. You might want to use it uh, for for um, for your enemy for Haman. How do we know that Charvona? How does the Gemara know that Charvona also ate That Charvona too was part of the scheme to to make this eights to hang Mordechai. The Torah Tamima in his commentary has a delightful insight. And he writes, Notice, Charvona hanging around the king's palace in the dining room, presumably, with this uh, encounter of the king and the queen. Not only does he know that Haman has prepared a gallows, but he knows the precise height of the gallows. O made beves Haman gavoach amishimamo. So says the Torah to Mima. Since we see that Chavona knew exactly the dimensions of this gallows, Simon Shehu Hoya Imo Boetza, obviously he was part of the scheme. He knew all of the details of Haman's scheme, but now he was jumping ship. Now all this, of course, is perfectly understandable. Chavona sees an opportunity to save his own skin, and he takes advantage of that opportunity. What's new about that? People do this all the time. It is natural. But there's another aspect which is miraculous, which is far deeper. <clears throat> and this is what the Medrash says, Birka de Rabbelezer, other versions of the Megillus Esther, in the Medrash Esther Rabbo. At that moment, Eliyahu, the mysterious, ghostly spirit of Eliyahu, comes and appears to this Charvona and says to him, There is a tree, a wood, a, a long pole in the house of Homon. And it is ultimately from the Kodesh HaKodoshim. It is from the Holy Temple. Govoach amishimamo. And the Medrash reminds us of the Posuk in Melochim Aleph Perek Zayin Posuk Vov V'yes ulom ho'amudim oso chamishim amo orko. That Shlomo HaMelech, when he built the first base HaMikdosh, had an omud there which was 50 amos long. And this is the origin of this 50 amo gallows. We had another opinion, remember, that one of the sons of Haman, Parshandosa, brought this 50 Amma pole from the Mount Arorot, from the Teva of Noach. He has a different opinion. It came ultimately from the base Kotshe HaKadosh. It has a holy source, and therefore it's perfectly appropriate for this holy task of hanging this fiend. Therefore, Rav Pinchos says, and we do this, Tzorich Lomar, Charvona Zochur Latov. We must remember Charvona too. Not because there happened to be some opportunistic Charvona who wanted to save his own skin, abandoned his old friend Haman and turned the tables on him. That's the reason why on Purim at feast we should sing Shoshana Yaakov, Gam Charvona Zochur Latov. No. We say Zohar Chavona Latov because Chavona ultimately was influenced by a nace, by God's providence himself, by the spirit of Eliyahu. 
Vayislu esomon alo eitza sher heichin lemordechai vachamas hamelech shochocho. They hung Haman on this gallows that she prepared for Mordechai, and the king's anger was soothed. It abated. There's a beautiful, beautiful medrash, which Rav Bachrach quotes in the name of the Medrash Abba Gurion, a medrash on Megillas Esther. And I share it with you at this conclusion of Perak Zion because it is so very beautiful. Ma eitz hoya. What tree was this? Here's a tree, fifty ama high tree or pole. From which species of tree was it? An oak? Was it a cedar? Was it some fruit tree or the other? This is the question of the medrash. Omru chachomim b'shor shebola hachino koro hakodesh boruchule eitzim. At the time when Haman was preparing this eitz, this tall gallows, God called all the trees together, v'yom Elohim, and said to the trees, Who is going to volunteer for this assignment to be that tree from which Haman will ultimately hang? So the trees began a competition. The te'eno, the fig tree, said, I, ani I will be, allow myself to be cut down to be the gallows for Haman. Shemimeni meviyum bikurim. Because after all, it is from figs that bikurim are brought. And not only that, but the Jewish people are compared to a fig tree. Hosea, capital test, posakyut. The grape tree, the vine said, Ani etenafshi, because the Jewish people are compared to a vine. Gefen mi mitzrayim tasia. The rimon, the pomegranate tree said, Ani etenafshi, I am willing to give up myself to be the gallows for Haman, because the Jewish people are compared to a rimon. Shirashirim, kefelach horimon rakoseh. Egos, the walnut tree said, Aniyate because after all the Jewish people are compared to the Egos tree. El Gainas Egos, you're on the tea. Along came the Esrog and said, Ah, you guys, nothing compared to me. I am a Hefzer Shal Mitzvah. I am a Mitzvah object. Shebim Ekalzin Yisrael Akadashborhu, the Jewish people take me, the Esrog, and praise God with me. The Tomor, the palm tree said, I too have this. I'm a lulav. And the Jewish people, Shemi Meni Notlim Yisroel Mitzvah. The Hadas said, Me too. I also am part of the Mitzvah. And besides, I too am a metaphor for the Jewish people. Zechariah Kapitel Aleph. For who omade Bain Hahadasim. And the Zayas, the olive tree said, I will be the volunteer to be the wood of the gallows to hang Haman because the Jewish people are compared Yirmiyo Kapitel Kapitel Yudalef Zeis Ra'anon Yefei Pritzoa the Jewish people are compared to an olive tree Tapuach the apple tree said Aniyate Nafshi because the Jewish people are compared to an apple tree Tachas HaTapuach Oratich Shirashirim Kapitel Ches the Arovo said the willow said Aniyate Nafshi 
Jewish people are compared to willows. The Erez, the cedar tree said, no, I'll volunteer. After all, the Jewish people are compared to the cedar of Lebanon. So all the trees are vying to be the tree to be cut down and to be made into a gallows to hang home on. And each tree has its merit. Along comes the coats, the thorn tree. We also show about coats of Neakadish Baruch when the coats said, the thorn tree says, I have no zuchusim. I have no merit. I'm not the olive tree. I'm not the cedar tree. I'm not the esrog tree. I'm not the vine. I'm not the fig tree. I have none of these zuchusim. God, you judge totally objectively. You're not impressed by the merit of this tree and the merit of that tree and the merit of this tree. You do things which are just and fair and equitable. You created everything in the world for your glory. All of these trees found some merit in your eyes. These trees were not created for naught. They were created for their fruits, for their beauty, for their use in a mitzvah, etc. Me, why was I created? I'm a thorn bush. I have no merit. I don't deserve anything. I have no reason to ask to be the vehicle through which Haman will be hung. If it is pleasing in your eyes, says the coats tree, what a beautiful, beautiful image. The thorn tree, poor, impoverished, desolate, without merit, coming to God and saying, God, choose me to bring about the ultimate downfall of Haman. Yistle kotzeitz ben kotzeitz olai. Let this, this, um, this cutter, the son of a cutter, this fiend, the son of a fiend, this murderer, the son of a murderer, he is a kotz, he himself is a thorn. Let the thorn be hung upon the thorn. Yavo min eitzel mino. As the Posuk says in Yeshayal Amit Gimel Vahoyu, Amim Misrufosid, kotzim kesuchim. The people will be like the nations of the world, the enemies of the Jews will be ultimately like thorns. Kakots anod kulom. Thorns. Miyad kibel hakodesh baruchu God was impressed by the argument of the thorn tree, the kiyem bo hakodesh baruchu, and God brought about the downfall of Haman, the hanging of Haman. Through the thorn, the Kotzeitz ben Kotzeitz, the murderer, the son of the murderer, Homon ben Hoam Agogi, was hung upon the coats, hung upon the thorn tree. An appropriate way to conclude chapter 7, Perak Zion.